Welcome to the Expert Network Team podcast. Where our goal is to inform and educate our listeners on matters related to finance, legal, insurance, accounting, and other interests that are of personal and business nature. We hope you will find our content useful as well as entertaining. The expert network team consists of Carl Frank of ANI Financial, Mike Miller of Miller and Associates CPAs, Jeff Cromendike of Security First Insurance Agency, and I'm Nathan Merrill. I'm an attorney at Goodspeed and Merrill. Together, our independent team combines our expertise to provide you insights and solutions, some straightforward, some profound, for real-life opportunities we see on a daily basis. We hope you enjoy the information contained in today's podcast and find it useful. If you'd like to learn more or desire to meet with any of the Expert Network team members in person, you can contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's I-N-F-O at expertnetworkteam.com. We encourage you to take advantage of a free consultation with any of our team members. Just mention this podcast when you schedule your appointment. Now on to today's podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm here with Carl Frank from Assets and Income. Hi, Mike. Hi, Carl. And I'm here with Nate Merrill with Goodspeed and Merrill. Hello. 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 How was everyone's weekend? We're doing great, man. Crazy busy. Beautiful weather. Memorial Day or Memorial Day weekend, as they call it now. I don't know how that that works. It's a day weekend. But Memorial Day weekend is my favorite because it kind of is the acknowledgement that you're ushering. It's like the first major holiday of the year that you can actually use. So, Did you barbecue? No, I, I, I was out tiling. You didn't even have time to barbecue? Oh, we, we cooked hot dogs when I got back. I came back a little early. but Excellent. Yeah. At least you got some of it in. Hot dogs with uh, chili and some hot sauce. Memorial Day weekend is awesome for me. It's both my birthday and my anniversary, so it's a big, 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 big party the whole time. It's just great. It it concentrates it all Well, thank you. Yeah, happy birthday. Thanks, man. And happy anniversary. 25 years for the anniversary. Just getting started. Just a few more for the date of birth. My son got married this weekend, so we were up in Breckenridge. That's huge. Gained a daughter-in-law. Very good, very good gal. Family's growing. Yep. That's Daughter, daughter's engaged, but not married yet, so that's the next push. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> Going to be Grandpa Mike before you know it. No, my daughter doesn't want kids, and my son's not eager to jump in and have any kids just yet, so. Not yet, huh? Yep. Don't that could change. On the horizon. That could change. Well, guys, this is great. Um, today's topic, it's going to be an exciting one, and... Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about qualified charitable distributions from our retirement accounts. Nate, I know I know your feelings about IRAs. What do you really think about IRAs? Well, there are essentially two strata of uses for IRAs. IRAs work great for the bulk of the U.S. population, I think. I mean, I, I love the idea that people can save, um, have an incentive to save, first and foremost, because that is an essential component of being prepared for the future. Yeah, that's and, right. And having an incentive to do it, I think, is is positive, as long as the expectation is, as I think you would agree, that you're going to draw those funds down at a lower tax rate, or you get into a Roth IRA situation. Which is awesome. And, and they're designed well for their target audience, which is don't use the money until you're 59 and a half. 
don't have access to it. They always build in little nuggets there for rules. you to take out. Absolutely. You know, take out for a home purchase, take out for your kids. Right. So they're getting a little more liberal with them because they realize that this is such a big piece of people's financial profile for the most part. But where I spend a lot of time also is in the ultra high net worth class that won't take out of their IRAs at a lower tax rate primarily. Probably not. Yeah. And, um, it's a difficult asset to plan for on estate planning. So whereas we usually try to get leverage out of estate planning assets, IRAs and 401ks are not one that we can get much leverage out of, except for what we're going to talk about today, which is redirecting your IRAs to a different purpose than maybe you otherwise set it up to accomplish. We're talking charity. That's right. Isn't that great? Mike, what do you think about uh, these retirement accounts? Do you have any profound insights like Nate? No, I I agree with Nate. I mean, it's a great, you know, savings and investment tool for the the bulk of tax taxpayers. You know, it's a, it's a good alternative there. Um, I think there's a healthy balance and you'd probably agree, Carl, between using IRAs and Roth accounts, right? You don't want, you don't want to get to age 72, maybe 74 in the future where you have to take RMDs, right? Where, whereas, you know, with Roths, you don't have to do that. So, you know, kind of got to balance those two out two out but if you use an ira you know to, ta- to tax plan and reduce your taxes you know it's a good it's a good tool i love it yeah. yeah go yeah. tax free baby and the roth ira is awesome but that's not our topic today that's today, not our topic today. we're going to talk about the tax deferred retirement accounts so in a tax deferred retirement account either you rolled it into your ira from a 401k and you never paid taxes or you put an after a pre-tax contribution or a you put money into the IRA and you got a deduction for it. So you've got this money in an IRA and when you pull it out, you're going to have to pay income taxes on it. And like you said, both of you guys said in retirement, that can really stink because you got retired required distributions at age 72, whether you need the income or not. And if you're like some of Nate's ultra wealthy clients, you know, you're always going to be in the highest income tax bracket and they're going to force you to take money out, pay it at the highest income tax bracket. And then maybe you don't even need it. What are you going to do with it? Well, the qualified charitable distribution might be something to think about with a with a QCD. Mike, you, you want to tell us how the QCD works? Yeah, you're basically taking money out of your IRA and, and, and donating it for a charitable cause. It has to be a, a nonprofit organization. Can be a university, right? And you can contribute up to you know hundred grand, hundred thousand dollars to to a charity of your choice. Um, and if you look at it from the tax perspective, right, if you take out a RMD, you're going to pay taxes on it. If you take it as a charitable deduction, you're going to save that same amount in taxes. So it, it's a matter of, you know, which approach you want to take and how much you want to use. But um, you have to be 70 and a half. Um, has to has to go directly to the charity or the university. I've had a lot, a lot of clients have, have the expectation and understanding that they can take Fifty grand and don't and give it to their kid for school, or their grandkid for for school and take it as a donate as a, a deduction for donation. I'm that like, would no. be too good to be true. That, that would be way too good to be true, um, but but they have that they have that thought process that well, geez, I'll just donate it to the school and my kids can use it for their education. It's like no, it goes to the school, and the school determines how it's going to be used for the for the for that purpose. But um, and you get a charitable deduction for it. And if you're if you're if you, to your point, Carl, if you don't need the money. And we're moving into a higher tax bracket, especially you know with with Biden's plan, looking at taxes increasing on anyone who makes over four hundred grand. Yeah, it's a pretty good strategy to if you don't need the money and you're philanthropic, it's a great avenue to, you know, reduce your taxable income at a it. higher tax rate. Right. 
I mean, you're taking the money out of the IRA. You're never going to pay taxes on it. The charity is going to receive the money and never pay taxes on it because they're a 501c3 charity that doesn't pay income tax. But you can only do 100000 per person per year. Correct. Now, I understand that the spouse can also do it. Yep. So between the two of you, if you each have an IRA, you could each pull a hundred grand up to a hundred grand out of your own IRA and give it away per year. Right. To whichever charity each of them choose. Right. It doesn't have to be the same charity. Now, one thing I will supplement, um, just so it's not lost on folks, because a lot of my wealthy individual clients that would, or married clients that would pursue something like this are usually regular philanthropic givers. And then oftentimes they will make a pledge that spans many years, this can be used to satisfy a pledge that may be given in one year but paid over several. So right. even though it's limited to 100000 a year, you can make a pledge at that dinner event for $500,000 and just apply your $100,000 a year for five years. So, so I can still go to the charitable parties and hang out with the monkey mucks. <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's exactly My favorite where. thing to do. <laughs> Next to tiling. I haven't seen you there, Nate. <laughs> I wear, uh, I wear, I go incognito. Incognito. Yeah. I love it. I believe you can also use um, your RMD in the same fashion. Why not? Yeah, you can right? Take, you can take, if you don't use your RMD and you got to take it anyway and you don't need it, donate it. Donate it right to the yeah. charity. I love that idea. Yeah. Right? Well, this sounds like a really good idea. One of the things that I wanted to talk about too was that sometimes when you have a required minimum distribution later in life it can really mess up your medicare part b and everything else because if you start to pull out income in a regular required distribution from your ira it increases your income if your income gets above a certain limit if you're not already there it could force you to pay higher medicare premiums on your part b it's called irma for another couple of years which is an insult to all the irmas i know i know it (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, that's above my pay grade, although it does make sense that if there's no reason you should position yourself to be treated differently right. than Right. Why would you want to pay more taxes than you have right. to? And certainly paying more for Medicare stinks, man. I mean, if you're getting the same insurance as somebody else, why should you pay more than they do? So I want to go back w- real quickly to address the charitable recipient side of this because this is, again – I mean, the mechanics of doing this are pretty straightforward, right? Can we agree on that? But it's the what are you doing that gets, I think, it gets me excited is, you know, you mentioned university. If that is what floats your boat, you can certainly do that. Fund a scholarship program, annual scholarship program. So these can be directed. They don't have to go to the general fund, so to speak. You can set up a scholarship fund with your university of choice. Obviously, your churches can benefit from stuff like this, but probably one of the most often overlooked opportunities to get the benefit and decide later is using a donor-advised fund. And I almost always default to donor-advised fund as an intermediary giving uh, recipient because it allows me to do that 100000 a year, even if I don't think I have someone lined up to receive the 100000 this year, or I want to spread it out over a longer period of time. And, and I know this isn't a podcast on donor-advised funds, but this is, a, I think, a particularly um, nice uh, use of the donor-advised fund because you can just move it from one account into another, get your tax deduction, and decide later, right? Well, I, the the downside is a QCD can't be used for a donor advised fund. Well, then I'm. I know. 
Bummer. <laughs> but the university, <laughs> but the university would still work. You can still direct right. it into, you know, exactly. university and churches. Exactly. Why did they carve out donor advice funds for the no very idea. purpose that I just mentioned? Is I you're not so. really giving it away? I oh, think that's so. dumb. All right, and it can't. You can't give it to a private foundation either. But well, that makes un- sense. Right, but under one of the recent tax laws, this might change by the end of the year. So there is a tax law going in right now that's been a quote-unquote unanimously approved in Congress, and we know what that means. It means not at all unanimous. But that could change this. And a handful of other tax geek ideas are going through Congress right now, as I understand it, through the grapevine that might make this. But under the current rules, we can't. We have to give it right to the charity. We can't give it to our donor advice fund. Bummer, man. How cool would that be, though? Totally agree. Well, the RMDs you should still be able to do to a DAF, right? Or is it under the same rules? I think it's under the same rules. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Doesn't make sense that it, it, you could do it. Yeah. One of the big advantages of this is for people who don't itemize. So if you if you can avoid, you know, a lot of people don't have to itemize anymore. Right. Right. If they're, if they're living off, you know, a reasonable income, not an excessively high income, then um, why itemize? And if you're going to get a charitable contribution that of any size greater than $300 a person, then you have to itemize. This is a way to avoid itemization and keep yourself in the simple 10, 1040 tax return. So that's a pretty cool advantage. That, that's a good point. You know, another thing, uh, Mike, and you know this better than any of us here, but um, you, you want to avoid an error. Uh, you have to tell your CPA that you actually did this qualified charitable yeah. distribution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, please let me know. <laughs> right? Because you're not automatically going to find out. No, no, you're not. No, yeah. you, have, you, have to, you have to tell your, your CPA that you've done this and provide them with the documentation, how much you did. So what kind of notice, what kind of form do you get? Because normally when you take out money from a form K. It's just like a regular receipt, like you do donation. Yep. Right. There's no form that goes to the IRS that says. That's right. 1099. But you, the the taxpayer will still get a 1099 R whatever it is. It shows up on form 8606, which is something that we normally don't give to the CPA. So it's not going to show withdrawal from your 401k or, or your IRA. Right. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, there's no checkbox where you can say this is a distribution to a charity. Right. They're out so of it. what you miss, though, is the deduction. You're not going to pick up the deduction unless you're notified. Unless I'm notified, okay. right. Yeah. So it's not like income's going to show up, though. Got right, it. there's no income because you, you, you didn't get any. Right. So you want to do it right. Yeah, let me know. But it's a pretty slick idea. Yeah. And if you donate more than the standard deduction, you, you know. Right. And for Nate, for your ultra-wealthy clients, it's a way to get the money out of the IRA before it comes a problem. Oh, absolutely. Estate. I, have, I have clients that are just waiting to turn 72 and a half. Is that 70 what? And 70, 70, 70 and a half. 70 and a half. It's really strange. The RMD went up to age 72, but the qualified charitable distribution is still at 70 and a half. Who knows why? Yeah. Well, I have my own theories on that, but... Um, <laughs> It's called lack of attentiveness. There, yeah. There's so many areas growing, especially around charitable giving, where like where you were just saying it applies one way but not another, and you you just it's always it's not intuitive as to which ones they included and which ones they did not. Right, and a lot of tax cleanup, and it's so complicated and unnecessarily so. Yeah. Well, if I can throw in one closing thought or discussion, I know we talked about this a little ahead of time because this is one of my favorite things. Um, if you're now with a Roth IRA, leaving it to your heirs generally works because you don't have the income to the the heirs, right? right. 
it still is includable as a dollar for dollar asset for estate tax purposes. So here we're talking again about people who are above who knows whether it's three and a half, five and a half or five or eleven and a half million million. Depends on whether you have a taxable estate or not. But this is one of the ways in which I have a lot of clients use their IRAs is to leave it to charity. So that is one area where it's rather unlimited. The deduction is universal. If you leave your IRA, even to a donor advised fund, you get an estate tax deduction for it. So it pulls it out of your estate so that you're not paying estate tax on something your kids are going to suffer income tax on. And if you have any sort of charitable inclinations, it's a great way to just purge it out of your estate. Exactly. And and hopefully if you uh, write that in, then uh, you still get to attend the fancy dinner parties that you love so much. Yes. <laughs> it's important to be able to get the the swag <laughs> the and the perks. dinners and the, yeah, <laughs> the gift bags. The perks. Mike, any closing thoughts? Any ideas? No, I think we covered it. Um, I have a question for Nate, but I think that's for a different topic. So I'll hold that one off till later, and we can add that to another podcast. I love it. We'll, we'll thank- just kind of piggyback onto this one, but we'll do that for another day. Thanks, guys. I, this is a quick podcast, but it's a it's one that we get a lot of questions about. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of people out there who don't know all these rules, and I, and I really hope this podcast is of use to them. Agreed. Right. I learned something today. Yep. Create a beautiful day. All right. See you guys next time. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the information we shared enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone else and join us next time. Want to meet with a member of the team, please contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's info at expertnetworkteam.com. If you have special topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to us and let us know at the same email address. Again, that's info at expertnetworkteam.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to remind you that listening to this podcast does not establish a client professional relationship with any of the firms represented, nor does it constitute legal, investment, or accounting advice, and the views are those of the professionals only. Investment advisory services may be provided through a Financial Services, and securities may be provided through Genios Wealth Management.